the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Better Life with Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston. Join Dr. Pinkston today as she teaches you how an integrative approach to health, combining holistic and contemporary medical information, can lead you to The Better Life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Mary Ann Pinkston. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to The Better Life with Dr. Marianne Pinkston. I am Marianne Pinkston, and I'm a family practitioner here in San Antonio, and I have the YouTube channel and radio show with San Antonio, but I'm also podcasted out to iTunes and all of the podcast platforms. But today, I, you know, I usually have some guests. Sometimes I'll do it by myself, but today I have somebody who really means a lot to me very personally, and this is John Pilcher from Sage Bariatric. But he is a bariatric surgeon here in San Antonio, Texas. And so you might wonder why I feel so strongly about having Dr. Pilcher on my show. It is because of obesity and the huge... Uh, the huge epidemic that we are facing. I mean, you think COVID is something that everybody is worried about, but uh, we have to go back and think about the things that are challenging us now and obesity and, and uh, inflammation being overweight, diabetes, all of those factors are very, very huge. And I have uh, the elite bariatric surgeon <laughs> in my room with me today on the, in the studio. So welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Well, it's an honor to be here, Marianne. Thank Thanks you. very much. I am so thrilled to have you. So <clears throat> this is a huge subject. I mean, we probably could have four or five shows. <laughs> huge, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. No pun intended. But um, we absolutely have to face obesity and we have to face it from, I think, a very different view. <clears throat> and when you and I were talking just before, you brought up a very important point about the discipline and the mindset behind how we face obesity today. And I would love for you to reiterate that and, and describe for me what, uh, what you did. Yeah. Thank you. I, I think that, um, society has been viewing obesity as something that's a personal matter a personal choice. It's something that you're supposed to take care of on your own. Um, a person is supposed to be able to control their weight through discipline and will and better habits. But, um, to your point, that's really not the right way of looking at it. Um, as information progresses, we understand more and more that this is actually a medical issue. Um, it's a matter of biology imbalance. It's a matter of the energy hormones being out of balance. And it's not reasonable to think that an average human is going to control their weight just through will and focus. We don't ask that in terms of high blood pressure. We don't ask that in terms of right. diabetes. Obviously, these medical conditions do have a lifestyle component to their treatment Absolutely. plan. But also, it's obviously appropriate to look for medical help in those uh, conditions. And we should be thinking about obesity in the same way. Absolutely. And, and many patients, when they come to me and talk to me about losing weight and they want to lose weight. They say they've been to previous physicians who just said, you need to do it. So here's a small little packet and plan and do it and leave them to go off on their own. And I had to face that losing weight as well. And that is really not, that is not something that patients can do on their own all the time. There are a subset of people who have gained some weight, can just turn things around, watch what they eat, do okay. But there's a subset of people who have passed this point of no return, it seems, 
and who are unable to just do the things that they used to do to get the weight off. Their bodies have changed, right? Their yeah. bodies are different. You're absolutely right. Just like any medical condition, there are stages of the disease process. Mm -hmm. And when it's at its early stage with a few pounds and the person is not very sick, then absolutely lifestyle intervention alone can be effective. Uh, but as the years pass, because the calendar is not always nice to us, as the years pass and the weight increases and the medical condition worsens, then the simpler interventions aren't as effective. We don't discard those interventions. We don't right. discard lifestyle, but we need to add more interventions. And right. so medicine can be useful. Uh, minimal interventions can be useful. And then what I do, the major interventions, um, is applicable to a lot of people. So for somebody, and you know, I mentioned at the beginning, we're talking about bariatric surgery. So a lot of people may not know what bariatric surgery is. We are talking about weight loss surgery. So we're talking about things like gastric sleeve, gastric bypass, the switches and things like that. So why is this intervention seen to most people as a cop out, as just a, you know, you just, you, you didn't work hard for it. You just went and had a, a, a surgery done and now you're okay. And, and that was the easy way out. Why do people see it that way? Yeah, that's a really sensitive area for me because that's one of the things that makes me mad is when my patients are accused of taking the easy Absolutely. way out. It's not, it's a lot of work. Um, it's risk. It takes courage to look ahead at what's going to happen over the next five or 10 years yes, and to take on a big intervention with some risk. It's not huge, but to take on a big intervention with some risk um, now to make a better future. So um, so the easy way out is absolutely not correct. And, and I, I'm not sure I completely understand, but I think where this comes from is this idea of ultimate personal responsibility for your weight, like we were right. talking about a minute ago. Absolutely. And so um, if you believe that, which I don't, uh, but if you do believe that, then someone who is um, choosing to get help through medicines or surgery is uh, cheating. Um, and they really ought to just work harder. And um, that's, right. I think, is just is a misunderstanding of the actual condition. Absolutely. Your body is out of your control at one point. Yeah. Your body is overinflamed. Your hormones are a mess. There, you know, the, the fat tissue that you have is, is hormonally active by this point and it's working completely against you. All of the things that you try to do to battle that work against you. And once you can lose 50 pounds, but you're going to gain back 70 because everything that you try to do turns on you. And it's just not an easy, uh, easy thing. Your body is not under your control anymore. So that is where the different surgeries and, and uh, the, all the different types of surgeries, I'm sure, are very, uh, like I say, we, we could do this in four or five shows probably yeah. and, and uh, all the different types. But it really, in my mind, is given as a, a tool. Right. So this is part of your armament of what you're going to do to look forward and, and, and see yourself in the future as losing weight. This is a tool. It definitely is a jump start. It definitely helps you gain control of your body, get rid of a lot of that inflammatory component and whatnot. So I know that there are a lot of myths that, you know, keep people from making this decision. I think one of them is the fact that it's a cop out or an easy way out. Another one then is just the surgery is that you, you mentioned the risk of it. Right. It is a procedure. It is a surgery, but really is it that giant of a risk? Is it something that people need to be afraid of? Good question. And of course, as a surgeon, we're, um, what we try to do when we meet a person thinking about surgery is we think about the risk benefit consideration, right. the balance of risk Always. versus benefit. And, um, everyone is going to have some risk with a major surgical procedure when we go into the abdomen, when we go under full anesthesia. But what we're balancing against is the risk of the weight. Thank you. 
yeah, it's not just the risk of surgery versus nothing in no. a normal life. It's the risk of surgery versus the weight. And um, yes. actually, statistically and logically in research protocols, we find that um, the risk of the surgery is paid back in less than six months for essentially every patient. And so then the risk benefit in wow. terms of the improved health, the extended longevity, the, the improved function um, comes everything beyond six months is just gravy. And that's just how big of a risk the weight is. People don't realize. That's incredible. That what a statistic. I'm going to use that from now on because I talk a lot with my patients about bariatric surgery. And I don't talk to people who are just overweight. I talk to people who are significantly overweight. Right. Right. And in that spiral, they've just, they've lost, they've gained, they've lost, they've gained. And so that is this good for just anybody or is every patient that's just significantly overweight a, a, a type of person that needs to have the surgery? That's a great question. And I think it's it's a combination of medical uh, statistical decision making and personal decision making as mm -hmm. well. Um, medically, we would want someone who really has tried lifestyle interventions because that is a building block that we're going to put to work with the surgery. Absolutely. Um, and um, and then it needs to be someone who is healthy enough still to have surgery, sure. uh, which happily most people are. But um, this also brings in the idea that an earlier stage intervention is better than waiting until one's near to death with the weight. That was the old tradition. We don't like that place. Um, so there needs to be reasonable risk. And then uh, people need to be kind of normally functional in their lives. There are, um, it's very uncommon, but there are some psychological conditions that would mean that surgery is not a good idea. Sure. Um, and we're going to talk to people about that. But I would emphasize that's really uncommon, uh, kind of the exception. So, right. so most people who are living normal lives, who are struggling with the weight and kind of losing the battle, um, would be reasonable to think about surgery. So how do you, is this something when that people want to have surgery, you just go see your doctor? and then the next week you're in surgery? Or is there some prep work to it? <laughs> That's a great question, Marianne. And, and what you're leading into is, no, there's substantial preparation for this. Um, and, and the preparation is on multiple different levels. We're going to make sure that a person is as healthy as they can be at Absolutely. their weight to get prepared for surgery. And there's a lot to that, uh, particularly a liver shrinkage diet plan, which we may circle back to, sure. um, it, that some people need cardiology testing, hematology testing. Um, there's definitely an educational piece. We want them to Absolutely. understand how they are going to work with the surgery. Sure. Um, we want that teaching to be in place, obviously, before the surgery happens. So that's ready to go when the surgery takes place. And there's a psychology piece that goes kind of beyond the education. It's it's looking at your own life um, and, and what, not to say that a person has psychological problems, but, but having the obesity problem is a psychologically distorting factor in your life. So how has it affected you as an individual? How can we anticipate that's going to change after surgery? And let's get ready to adapt for that exactly. as well. And, and put the surgery to work, as you said, very nicely to, to put the surgery to work as an active tool yes. for you uh, over the years. I know sometimes, you know, patients who are uh, over, overweight and we assume that this is just a patient who has eaten their way to obesity. And a lot of times that's the beginning, you know, there's mm -hmm. a, an eating disorder component to it, or maybe an addiction to carbohydrates and eating. And, you know, th that's their tool to help them self-medicate, I guess, right. their life, you yeah. know, and they're anxious and depressed and, and dealing with is self-medicating. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times I know that there's got to be some coaching into help helping patients understand that when they can't eat and they can't use that tool any longer, 
Do they sometimes turn to other, you know, other coping mechanisms right. like alcohol or right. things like that, drink yeah. their calories in? Or do you see a lot of that as well? We, it's definitely there. I'm happy to say it's not a dominant issue, but it, it happens. And we call that addiction exchange. So there's this right. idea perhaps that they're addicted to food or food is occupying time or it's their friend or their stress release. Um, and that's not true for everyone, by the way, but right. it's, it's very common. And um, so that goes back to the psychological preparation sure. you're asking about a minute ago. We want to make sure that they've got some tools to put this new um, time available uh, into a more positive uh, pathway. And this is not to say that food is going to be out of the picture. You know, food right. food is, we don't demonize food. Um, food has important social and cultural significance, mm -hmm. um, gatherings, um, love through food, connection sure. through food. And these things are in, in and uh, Food Network, forgive me. So many <laughs> people are foodies now. Um, and all that is okay with bariatric surgery. Sure. People still can anticipate food and enjoy food. They're just going to approach it in a different way right. that I really believe is much more healthy. It is much more healthy because no, you do not have to give up all of those pleasurable things about food. You just have to give up the pleasurable amount of it and, right. and the over, uh, you know, the overabundance of, of what we do with our, our behaviors. And, and so, but I don't want people to see it as that I have to give up all of the pleasurable things about food. I hear that a lot and patients say, well, I'm, I don't think I'm ready for that yet because I'm not ready to give up food. You don't have to give up food. You just right. have to go back to some older thinking of I'm not going to eat as much and just, you know, kind of down downgrade on uh, the overabundance of it. So, so if I've had patients also tell me that I'm too old, I've, you know, I'm, I've lived my life and I'm too old and I've had some older patients come and, and have surgery. So how do you approach that? I think if a person is at an age where they can still move around okay and they still have things that they want to do, whether right. that's travel or whether that's grandchildren or great-grandchildren, yeah, then um, those are people who um, you know we would like to talk to. Sure. Uh, we'll have a direct one-on-one -on -one conversation, and, and uh, they may or may not be appropriate for surgery, but um, we'll be honest with them, and, and we're not going to increase their risk through uh, unnecessary or inappropriate intervention. Right. One of my patients I think I sent over, uh, I don't think she saw you, but I sent over was uh, almost 70. I think she was 69. Great. And that, and she has a long life ahead of her. She, yes. she was diabetic and had been diabetic, but she took care of herself reasonably, just very overweight and her knees were going and she couldn't be with her grandchildren. And so she went and did it. And oh my goodness. <laughs> she's she she's probably yeah, yeah she rocked it and she she uh, probably acts like a 50 year old now again and and feels like it definitely and i'm so proud of her for doing that what a, what a wonderful thing um, i know another thing that uh people get hung up on as well is then the skin the mm -hmm. aftermath right. so what happens when i lose all that weight i'm gonna have all this skin and i'm just gonna be so you know ugly and feel bad and and that is also a myth as well it's a big concern, and, and this is where I think extreme media is a little bit of a disservice. I think right. everybody has seen My 600-Pound Life, the TV show. <laughs> exactly. And um, I, I've met people who were in that category maybe two or three times in my career. That's mm -hmm. actually really, really uncommon. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yes, people will have excess skin as the weight or sort of the fat kind of melts away. Mm -hmm. But... Um, by no means is it going to be like my 600 pound life. Right. And, and the vast, vast majority of people um, are going to go to a place where in clothes day in and day out, they're going to look a okay, normal yeah, and absolutely. better. Great. Cause you're shopping off the normal rack at this stage and right. getting down to the size 10 and that kind of thing. But, yeah. um, and without clothes, there may be some floppy areas, you know, there's the belly, there's the butt, there's the boobs. If I can say that, you right. can say that because okay. that is one of the areas. Big. <laughs> and, um, and so uh, many patients can benefit from plastic mm -hmm. surgery to tuck things back where, 
where they would like to be. If um, you want to. If you want to, exactly. But exactly where I was going, it's a personal choice. It's not, I think most people don't feel it's a necessity or an urgent issue. Right. After the weight loss. Not as much as they think beforehand. Right. Really what, what happens afterwards is very different as to what you think. So how long does it take for somebody once they make the decision to do it, to actually get it done and... Go, you know, go right. through the procedure, go everything. So, yeah. So if they've sat down with us and, and together the surgeon, the patient, we agree this is the right idea. Um, we have a little additional conversation on which surgery. Um, there are kind of two parts to the process. The educational medical piece mm-hmm. usually takes two, three, four weeks. Okay. Call it a month. Um, the surgery schedule is usually not too booked out. And so that's a two or three week process. Wow. So okay. you could you could meet us and have surgery at four to six weeks after we meet. The second part of the process, which often comes into it, is the insurance part Absolutely. of the process. Absolutely. Insurance and, is huge about it. Yeah. And, and we want insurance coverage. Not everybody has insurance coverage, but we want that whenever it's available. Mm-hmm. All the insurance companies are going to have their set of hoops or criteria sure. that a patient has to jump through. And um, the time that takes is tremendously variable. Sometimes that's just two weeks. And right. then sometimes insurance wants six months of being and on nutritional counseling. In spite and... of the 10 years that you've done already, they want to say, <laughs> okay, do that all over again. Exactly. And, and, and we as the docs are not in charge of the insurance companies. That's right. um, so uh, we'll, uh, we do have staff that research the insurance plan for each individual patient, uh, free service before they even come in because we want them to know what they were looking at. Right. And um, and so they'll know kind of what the insurance process looks like in their particular case. Do you have an alternative if patients don't want to go through their insurance, if they want to do it private pay, do you have an alternative plan that they can do? Right. So if a patient happens just to not have insurance or if they don't have the time for insurance, then um, yes, uh, patients can pay out of pocket. We call that self-pay. And um, and it's actually surprisingly efficient. It's it's down under ten thousand dollars for the surgeon, for um, the hospital, for the anesthesia, yes. and all that stuff. So yes. it's I, I tell people it's a lot less than a Ford pickup truck. Exactly, so, and yeah. this is the rest of your life. Right. So yeah. that's incredible. Under ten thousand, people can do that. They can usually find some ways of financing or, or things like that. That is amazing that you guys do that. So wow. Well, you know, I'm going to have some information on uh, my website about where they can find Sage and uh, Sage. It's San Antonio. <laughs> Help me. It should stand for something, but no, we just wanted to pick the kind of wisdom and the health aspect. Oh, so it's more go. of a vibe than an actual acronym. I've spent yeah. the last five years trying to figure that out. You know, I never once even looked it up, which is so sad. So right. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, um, you can find all this information I'm going to have on my website, drpbetterlife.com, as well as all of the links to YouTube and all of the uh, platforms for podcasting. So you can find this information. And uh, find Dr. Pilcher and what he's up to these days. And so we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I've got a few more questions. I, I wish I had you for, you know, several shows. I just love having you here. But with John Pilcher today, Dr. John Pilcher today from Sage Bariatric, and uh, we've been talking about bariatric or weight loss surgery. And we've had so many great points, but I know that there are a lot of people, uh, you know, we talk to probably think about like you said, people childbearing age who are interested in losing weight, but they're concerned about, can I get pregnant? What happens to my ability to get pregnant? Things like that. So I'd like you to remark about that. Thank you. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, a great subset of patients to meet the younger people who are still at the early stages of the disease right. where there's not damage from the weight at this point, but they're still at the stage of their life where they may want to have some kids. And so they have appropriate questions about what happens. Can I get pregnant after surgery? Is is it okay to be pregnant after surgery? What about the delivery? What about C-section versus normal vaginal delivery? And um, actually the story is really positive. So first of all, um, the, the uh, chances of becoming pregnant, fertility normalizes, which is to say it improves yes. as the 
the weight comes down. Yes. And then um, an even bigger factor is that to be a mom with obesity is a risk factor for both mom and the baby. Um, and, and babies are affected actually throughout their life if mom is obese during the pregnancy. And so it's, it's not epigenetic. just... Epigenetic. Obesity yeah. is epigenetic. Yes, so. epigenetic. That's yeah. exactly right. And um, so uh, it's one of the great examples of epigenetics. Um, so the um, this, it's not just a nice idea, but it's been statistically shown that moms who have babies after bariatric surgery have a safer pregnancy, avoiding preeclampsia and things like that. Absolutely. And the babies have better outcomes through their life, not just right after the delivery, but through their life uh, because mom went into the pregnancy at a lower, healthier weight. And uh, both the sleeve and the bypass, which are the common operations, are safe for pregnancy. It's the kind of thing where we want to connect with the obstetrician. Um, and there's a few little details, but uh, they're all pretty but much it can positive. be done. And in my own patient, because I've been doing this for a while, in my yeah. own patient population, we're up to about 122 babies. Oh, my God. Born to my patients. And that's oh, one of that's the most fun wonderful. things that we do. Yeah. Oh, see, that is and that is truly a gift. That's a gift that you're giving to people is a gift of life. I mean, when you when you turn around and get your life back after being so obese for so long, that is a, an absolute true gift. So you, you do wonderful work. That's a pleasure. And, and I applaud yeah. you. Absolutely. So we were talking also about energy balance. And uh, I'd love for you to, to uh, open that subject a little bit. Thank you. Yeah, I want to circle back. You earlier in the in the session, you said that um, the body is out of your control. Absolutely. And um, that is completely consistent with what science is showing us. Yes. And so um, the concept is, and this is going to circle back to surgery piece, but the concept is that um, the body has a survival system for fat storage, mm -hmm. which makes sense because if you're in the caveman days, you don't get to eat all the time. Right. You need a way to carry through those lean times or Absolutely. those famine times. And that's the fat storage system. So there, it is a survival system, just like blood pressure monitoring, just like breathing, just like temperature and things like this. It works on a different time scale. But it's absolutely true to say this is not under your control. And um, it's it's an interesting thing. Some of our vital functions like breathing, we can affect these things mm -hmm. if we choose to really focus on them for a little while. So everybody can hold their breath for a few minutes. But you know that you start breathing on your own again and pretty soon you forget about it. Right. And, it's, and so it's demonstrating that these vital systems are not in your control. And, and the weight thing is the same. The weight thing is something that you can modify how it functions for a certain time period with will. Right. And this will last over over weeks or months and you lose 20 or 30 pounds Absolutely. and and it's tricky because it looks like okay we'll just keep doing that but it's just like holding your breath the longer you do this thing that's different than what your body wants to do the more it hurts right and the harder it becomes and so um and people blame themselves because that's what society tells them society Absolutely. says we'll just keep doing it but no it's harder and harder and harder the more you do it and so then the body will rebound and so um this control system we call it a set point the body has a certain weight level that it thinks is healthy whether right. that actually makes sense or not in it many does. cases it doesn't make sense right. but it's real. it's real and um and that set point tends to migrate up over time so that people feel like they're out of control now right. going back to the surgery piece so uh, when you look at the diagrams of the surgical procedures, they look like they just make a smaller stomach and you would intuitively think, okay, I, I can't hold as much less, food. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and that is a factor, but the bigger factor and the more important, more lasting factor is that the operations actually have a positive impact on this energy balance and reduce the set point to a lower level. So it's no longer the person trying to eat less and fighting against their body, but it's the body and the patient working together. So they together. both agree we don't need as much food because we changed the set point. Right. And so the weight kind of comes off in that way. And that's what makes it kind of lasting, sustainable and comfortable. 
right. to last over time. Exactly. It's so, so important because that's where I see patients. There are some people I can say you can lose a little bit, you know, weight and work and just change your diet and, and that'll come off, exercise, whatever. But there are those people that go past that and can't no matter what right. they do. And they will drop that 20, like you say, against their body's will. And then it'll jump up 40 then. And they just keep going until they're like I did up to 300 pounds. And right. so, you know, it is out of your control at some point. And this is something that is, is a tool that is very helpful for the body to turn things around. I mean, people do patients leave their diabetes medicines behind? Do they leave some of their, you know, their, their uh, diseases behind once they get the surgery? Yes. So I, as you can imagine, the obesity affects pretty much every body system. Yeah. It's, it's the metabolism with diabetes and blood pressure and cholesterol and heart disease. It's also the joints. It's also oh, the yes. skin, yeah. inflammatory diseases, lupus and rheumatoid issues. Yes. And, um, the obesity upregulates the inflammatory system. It affects the immune system. I mean, it's a hot topic these Absolutely days, but uh, obesity all. interferes with proper immune function. Um, and so uh, bringing the weight down and, and yes, with surgery, bringing the weight down affects all those things in a positive way. And so, um, you know, when I meet someone, like you mentioned, your 70 year old lady, okay. lovely woman is probably on 14 medicines before surgery Absolutely. and we can get her down to four medicines. We right. don't get them all gone, right. but we markedly reduce that. Even better is if we go back to our 25 year old woman who's right. not on meds yet, we keep her off of medicines until she gets to, you know, one medicine at the age of 59 or something like that a lot later, rather than staring four medicines in the face over the next two or three years. Which is extremely reasonable. It's, you know, if you get older, you have some diseases, these things develop, you have to take some things, but 14 medicines, you know, based on the body being obese is just something, if we can turn that around and bring health back to people is absolutely amazing. It is never too late. It's never too late to take control of your life. And Bariatric surgery is a wonderful tool, and it's too bad there's such a stigma out there. I hope that we have turned some of those stigmas around because it really is not an easy way out at all. It is something that patients really do have to work at, but they work in conjunction with our provider and their, and, and, you know, even, you know, through you, through me, it's a team effort. And for patients who make that decision, they, you know, they go in and talk and they can be on the surgery. I remember you told, you know, told me this because I did have bariatric surgery. That's why I wanted you to come on and talk to people today. I didn't want it to be about me, though. And anybody has questions are welcome to ask me about it. But as you told me, it's like at any point you can change your mind. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. You're not locked in. So I think the fear is if I decide, what if I change my mind? You can, but you shouldn't. It is a wonderful process, and it is a great adventure to go on with somebody that you trust. Who This is who I trusted and it did a great job for me. So thank you. I appreciate it. So <clears throat> we did it. We did the last seven minutes. It's gone, and it's so fast. I wish we had three or four more shows uh, to talk about this. This is a very, very important subject. But thank all of you. You can go to my site at drpbetterlife.com and you can reach all of those platforms, podcast, YouTube, where you can uh, listen to this and uh, hopefully it'll help some people make some good decisions you know, about their health. And I appreciate you so much coming on today. You've been enjoying The Better Life with Dr. Marianne Pinkston. For more information, go to drpthebetterlife.com. That's drpthebetterlife.com. And listen next week for The Better Life with Dr. Pinkston. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.